Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everybody how you doing well that's good you're listening to phly flyers that's right phly my name is bill Matz. i'm your director of fun and games for the evening with me as always the city's number one hockey beat reporter and quickly climbing the power rankings <laughs> when it comes to writing about baseball in this town as well charlie o'connor yeah maybe like around like 20th 19th i'm, I'm at least getting on the list you're maybe. on the list man we're on the get, list we had charlie wrote an article yesterday as he has been about the phillies and uh, i want to get into it in a little bit because it was really good but uh, I, I just want to i need to start out the show huge game tonight you know there's a lot going on in philly right now you know our baseball team clinches the playoffs number one wild card last night birds are three and oh there's nba moves being made seems like some shock waves that could impact the 76ers in a bad way but it could impact yeah, them. they're maybe trying to get drew holiday yeah, out of yeah maybe now, they could get something no, out i mean of this it's deal. bad for them yeah it's uh, bad when a really good team <laughs> yeah. in their conference gets, gets even better it's a better player <laughs> but the biggest thing happening in philadelphia sports today preseason game two the flyers had a horrible showing on monday so I have to ask. It's a big two imaginary points, Bill. Yeah. Is this a must win? It, it might be. <laughs> I mean, you just got to gotta secure those two gotta points. Atone. Put your head down. You gotta know. atone for Monday's effort, man. That get, was get pucks deep. A whole bunch of guys who didn't play Monday uh, playing tonight. But they still have to make up for the effort of the team that showed up in, uh, or really didn't show up in Newark. Very, very but, true. Uh, just, man. <laughs> My biggest takeaway, just watching that celebration last night. Last night night for the Phillies, yeah. For the Phillies. uh, Clinch the playoff berth, walk-off win, young kid, you know, freaking Rojas gets named one of the uh, Paul Owens uh, Organizational Player of the Year Award before the game, wins the game for them to send them to the playoffs in the ninth. Just watching all that madness, all that joy unfold. Charlie... (laughs) 
I want to feel this again with the hockey team, man. <laughs> I, I realize you're a journalist now, but tell me there's not a little part of you last night when you see Alex Coffey rocking the poncho. <laughs> you're not looking forward to the time you get to rock a poncho. I mean, that'd be cool. My understanding, though, like I don't think that's that's more of a baseball thing it's in terms of making the playoffs making, uh, or the winning teams, a round. Half the teams get in. Yes. For, like, for it's me, a little different in hockey. For me to, sell, to, to be part of that celebration and watch it up close, that would have to be a couple win because they do do they do it for the conference so i that's I a good it's a good question i do not believe for the conference i don't think they let because i know the big thing with the cup you're is afraid that to touch they, the freaking well, trophy it, yeah, to win the but conference. I, know, I know the big thing with the cup is that they do let journalists go on the ice after the cup win you know to, to be part of it yeah. to, to be able to report like i remember jeremy rutherford was telling me about that after the blues won in 2019 and it was just so cool to just see that up close and i'm sure there's a ton of champagne and everything being sprayed around the locker room you could be part of that you can watch that up close but baseball's weird in that like you do it for a clinching a playoff berth that is not a hockey it's, thing well that's it's, <laughs> it's 162 games we the Fair. hockey season never ends and the baseball season is double. <laughs> Good point. Like, it is just literally like, oh my god, we have to do more of this. Yep. Okay. Yep. I always like. Were you a South Park kid? I I, I would say <laughs> I got into South Park when I was in like late high school, early there, college. There's there's this episode where like their little league team keeps winning. Yes, and they're, and they're so like, mad about it. Trying to yeah. lose, yep. and they're yep. like, it's taking our whole <laughs> summer. Like that's the baseball team is. Like, you have to let us party. It <laughs> has been 162 games, but it is like I always think even uh, like the legend now of Gretzky and the Oilers when they lose in the in the final to uh, to the Islanders when they won their fourth straight right and they're like a bunch of you know the kids on the Oilers allegedly walk by the Isles locker room and they expect like champagne spraying and it's just like a bunch of dudes covered in ice bags <laughs> this is what it takes to win a cup that's, like that's, that's so always hockey that's, oh it's my the God. most hockey thing ever and it's funny now because no, man, when they win, they party. You don't have to hide it. <laughs> like, it's very clear. But I was just sure. watching that and thinking, like, I cannot wait for that time. It's going to – I, I want to say it's going to happen, but honestly thought it would have happened by now. Yeah. Or at least we'd be in the it's possible by now, and we're looking even further down the line. But we're – this is what a rebuild is all about. The hope of one yes. day having that. Yes. The, the idea that it's possible because of what we're doing now. Exactly. And one thing that I, I am very annoyed about, I will always be annoyed about, not just because of how it ultimately played out, but also just because I do feel like we as a group covering the Flyers and also as a fan base got cheated out of how fun that 2020 playoff because uh, like here's the thing like i've covered the worst thing to happen in 2020 is what happened to the Flyers. i've covered the flyers and i've covered them in the playoffs i've covered a couple playoff runs but those playoff runs i'm thinking 20 uh, 2016 uh 2018 obviously both those years they they lost the first round but here's the thing like they were gonna yes they made the playoffs but there was like there wasn't that much excitement like buzz in the city just like how last year like yeah people were excited last year when the Phillies made the playoffs but it was more just like well thank god they finally did after the previous four years when they choked it away whereas this year the fans are just jubilant because they fully they bought in coming everyone's now. on board with this team everyone's excited about the Phillies and to me 2019 2020 that was the closest where 
had they had they clinched the playoff berth and gone into the playoffs with momentum, I think there may have been that same excitement because it was building. I mean, I was in those arenas in the months leading up to the pause. It was good. People man. were getting excited. People were getting on board with the team. You know, everyone was pumped about you know Kevin Hayes and his personality. Like that year of Kevin Hayes, very reminiscent of just the goofballs on this Phillies team. Like it was getting fun in the same way the Phillies were. Then obviously the pandemic hits, and like yes, they eventually get to play in the playoffs. They win a series. They they were good in the bubble, but it was different. It was the bubble. There were no fans. We weren't able to have tailgates and have the Wells Fargo Center rocking. It just didn't feel like the playoffs, even though it sort of was. And we got subjected to seven games of fucking yeah, Islanders, the Islanders man. Like that's a punishment. Yeah. I, so, so to me, some of those games went to overtime. Exactly. A lot of them did. But to me, like if this rebuild works. And they build slowly. They build, you know, they get a little bit better, a little bit better. Then Mitchkoff comes over. Maybe they don't make it the first Mitchkoff year, but like you're feeling like they're building something. When they finally get there, I think the excitement will be on a different level than it was when I covered it in, say, 2016 and 2018. Because I think those years, there was a feeling number one, like there's no way they're winning the first round. Number two, there were just, there was a lot of doubt. There was a lot of doubt about that team, rightly or wrong. It ultimately was proved right. But if, you know, you, you think back to like the first time the Leafs with Matthews got to the playoffs and Toronto fans had yet to, you know, turn on that team, get frustrated with that team. It was just exciting. And I feel like that's what the first time assuming this rebuild is successful. That's what the first time this group or whatever that group ultimately ends up becoming makes the playoffs. That's what it could feel like. And that's what I'm looking forward to. And this will be. It will be a long time coming then, because even those like mid-20-teen teams, no, they didn't go every year the way they did from, you know, basically from the time they got Lindros until, you know, 20, what, 13 or whatever it was when they finally missed the playoffs. Right. Like, well, they missed it in they one. They missed it one time. The one year when they it's, were the worst the, in the Yeah, when they <laughs> went 22 and 60 and somehow didn't get the first pick. Whatever. <laughs> uh, and then that guy scored a Stanley Cup winning goal. Anyway, uh, <laughs> just the most dog shit luck ever. Yeah. Uh, I, I, do, I did want to just point out uh, about Charlie. Now, I, I refer to you as the number one Flyers beat reporter, and you are my by far my favorite hockey game analyst. Uh, but baseball, the day-to-day, -day, it's the poetry of writing baseball is is just different. It's there's something fun. there's something special about it. If you're not reading Charlie on allphly.com, just let me read you this little excerpt from his article about the team last night. And now I have to read out loud a fourth time for in this show. <laughs> I just love giving myself shit I'm bad at. The fans, once once scornful and distrusting of their local baseball team, now couldn't be more on board. The Phillies may be legitimately good, but they're far from perfect, combining a never-say-die attitude with an infuriating... <laughs> an infuriating penchant for inexplicable lapses, but somehow their erratic nature makes them just as endearing as if they were a true juggernaut. There's something especially gratifying about watching the sports team embodiment of the that sign can't stop me because I can't read internet <laughs> meme prove that their model of sheer chaos can actually be a sustainable formula for success over a 162 game season and not merely a few glorious weeks. 
Ah, it's great shit. It's uh, it, there's <laughs> there's a little like flexing of the muscles in terms of writing you can do when you're covering number one baseball versus hockey, but number two a team that everyone actually likes yes. versus a hockey team no, that most people hate. You can't be uh, you can't be Dicky Dunn like sitting there. I think I captured the spirit <laughs> captured of the, the spirit thing of the when thing. the team's losing on purpose. Like, <laughs> exactly. You know, there's there's a little bit here, but just uh, we're not going to talk all Phillies this whole. Don't worry, we have plenty of flyers. This preseason game tonight, we're going to preview gonna get to it just a couple of things though like relating this team because it is the biggest story mm-hmm. today yeah to be sure uh, and this is an all phly network it's not just you know it's not like we're doing broad street hockey here and half of our audience is in sweden doesn't know what baseball <laughs> hey, is if you're in sweden though feel free to watch Yeah, be a phil's <laughs> fan man yeah like uh but a uh, garrett stubbs if he were to run for mayor as backup catcher <laughs> on the philadelphia phillies I think he could get 95% of the vote. Like, I really, truly believe right now, that. Right now, possibly. It's like, after last night, he's getting most of the city's vote. Is the... It's hard to have a comparison, because the first name in my mind is Travis Konechny, but he's like... If he's going to be here, a major contributor. Yeah, he's too big of a and deal. Stubbs plays on days like today where everyone's too hungover to play, yeah. basically. Do the Flyers have, like, a Garrett Stubbs kind of... Hockey players are so guarded with their real, real personalities, but you've been in the locker room a while. Is there like an absolute goof that we don't know about? Yes, I would say. <laughs> yes, in terms right of, away. In terms of a like depth guy, and granted, yes. who knows if he's if he's going to be a depth guy when they get better. To me, the the guy with the highest Garrett subs potential on this Flyers teams. Flyers team, 100% Wade Allison. Garrett, he, he is he he's is a got nut. The highest stubs per oh, 60. Highest stubs per. Wade Allison is one of those just like goofballs. And like if if the Flyers got good, he would be like one of those folk hero fourth liner bottom sixer types who everyone loves because he just plays with reckless abandon and is also just. I mean, I've never hung out with the guy, but I just get the sense that he's like the wild man at the bar. When a guy like him goes back to college uh, the way he did. <laughs> they can say anything they want about, oh, well, you know, that team had a shot at the championship and everyone got hurt, so he wanted to go back to Western Michigan, maybe give it one more go. He wanted to give something one more go. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he had a great time. <laughs> I bet he had a lot of fun. That's, that's all. Um, just real quick before we get into the uh, stuff for tonight, there was a little bit of news uh, last night let be basically right for, after the show yesterday yeah, because first, that is first round of roster that cuts. is the flyers way they released yep. five guys well didn't release cut five guys uh bonk and barky go back to ohl london uh carter southern back to whhl portland and two camp invites uh anthony fauci and uh, <laughs> fauci. jonathan Falchon <laughs> jonathan Falchon. and uh sedley what's sedley's first sam name? sam sedley he's got the, the, love, the alliterative i can't believe they didn't keep him with all the alliteration yeah, that they love you gotta love it uh they were released least from their camp invites so maybe they can go catch on somewhere else or see what else well is going you on know, yeah for for sedley and, and falchon um honestly i'm not going to pretend that i know exactly where they're at in terms All of their right. careers um but obviously bonk barky and southern particularly bonk and barky are, are viewed as you know maybe not core pieces of the future but definitely pieces for the future and i think it showed by the fact that both bonk and barky got in that first preseason game i don't think it was a guarantee going into rookie camp that either of them was going to get into an actual NHL preseason game, but they both impressed enough that the coaching staff and the organization decided, you know, 
they deserve it. They worked hard. They deserve to get a taste of the NHL before we invariably send them back to juniors. They're not ready, but they're ready enough and they showed enough to want to give them that taste. So I guess I'll they turn got to, to wear the jersey. They got to wear the jersey in a real game, a real ish game. Are how high are you on on both of those guys? I mean, I I like what I've seen out of Bonk so far. Yeah. I mean, it's it looks like there is maybe not the highest ceiling but uh, we've said this like he's got a high floor yeah he is gonna be an nhler and yeah with a first round pick you want the high upside you want the guy who might win a norris one day uh they rarely get drafted at 20 or what 21 22 true, whatever true. it was um unless you're claude Giroux. yeah <laughs> exactly and he was he was unfairly, I think, treated because he wasn't a number one overall guy his yeah. entire career. Uh, but it looks really, it looks a lot like Bonk is going to be part of this thing. Like we talk all the time is, you know, is X going to be on the next great Flyers team? I'm willing to bet Oliver yeah. Bonk is. I would agree we'll with see, that. we'll see how Barky develops. Yeah, I, I like Barky. They and seem Bonk, to like him. Yeah, I mean, Bonk is, Bonk is the, the steady second pair guy, I think. He's a right-handed shot. You always need those. Coaches want those guys. <laughs> Doesn't so, matter how good he is, he's going to play 10 years. Exactly. Um, Barky, to me, is just the... He's he's more exciting in a way just because you don't know you don't know he slipped so he's you know if he hits his man like man we got that guy in the third round that was a steal and he's just fun like Bonk is just steady and stable and he's going to be a great partner for the exciting guy who flies around and does all the cool things whereas Barky if he hits could be the exciting guy who flies around and does all the cool things he's super small as we talked about on the show he looks like he's like 13 years old but he's just got this like tenacious relentless motor and if he hits he could be a real fan favorite so i'm excited about barky i want to see how he develops these next couple years i'll tell you what i'm excited about charlie i am excited about uh watching the hungover phillies tonight because (laughs) because i already bet the pirates today uh we all remember last year's hangover game where it was just non-competitive and they're like (laughs) we're done and (laughs) <laughs> That's basically what today is going to be. There's only a few regulars out there. I bet the Pirates uh, plus 110 underdogs. The Phils were even bigger favorites during and like immediately after the game. And then like once everyone realized like, oh, yep, same celebration as last year. It was very clear people were starting to bet the Pirates <laughs> because all of a sudden the, like the odds crashed. But they're still plus 110 underdogs, the Pirates. You can get them uh, if you want to bet on the booze to win. You can bet the Pirates and you should do it. At DraftKings. Listen, everyone, football is back in full swing with another week of epic games. And who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? It's DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. But nobody's missing out on the action this season. All DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. So get in on the NFL Week 4 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code PHLY to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code PHLY. The crown 
is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in ONT. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. It's a solid one. So we saw you, you messed up a little bit on the the actual ad read, but the the disclaimer was good. And Charlie, I'm, I'm going to be tuning in and yeah, grading you tomorrow I and know. Friday. <laughs> so I'm going to have to to give our listeners the heads up. I've been fired. I'm going no, to have to yet. do the ad reads for the next two days because our, our good friend William Matz is taking a, a much earned vacation three weeks into his new job. Good job, Bill. I have setting I the standard here. I don't know if I've worked every day of the week consecutively for three weeks since I was like 26. So I really need this. Uh, granted, we started on a Tuesday and today is a Wednesday. So it hasn't actually been three weeks. That's fair. I didn't think of that. Good point. But but yeah, so, so but, Bill will be on vacation. He will not be on the show the next two days. I, however, will be. And we have some interesting content for you. So tomorrow we will be recording at 630. Thursday, generally speaking, is, is going to, we're going to try to make that the day where Kelly and Steph come in. Kelly was obviously in last Thursday. This week, Kelly and Steph. Steph will be here in studio for the first sort of BSH reunion without it's, Bill. So not tremendous. a full-fledged reunion, but it'll be, it'll be me, Kelly, and Steph tomorrow at 6.30. And then on Friday at 3.45, the great Jim Jackson will be Aww. joining us in studio to discuss camp so far, his view of the Flyers as they stand right now. And, and I'm really looking forward to it. It's nice to have the uh, the voice of the Flyers come into the PHLY studios to talk Flyers. JJ is a great interview. I talked to him leading up to Drew's 1000th game. Mm. I got to interview him and he was he was more than accommodating. He's great interview. Great dude. Everyone loves JJ. Definitely. So. Bill might not and be like here, you, but still tune in. Tune in, please. Like you, has dabbled in some baseball. He has. So well, more than dabbled. Oh, he, no. He was, he that, was, that one was of his the, job. <laughs> one of the radio voices of the Phillies for a while. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's uh, JJ will be coming in on Friday. In true BSH radio fashion, it will be at least the third attempt to get the whole group together where we are actually able to have all four of us. And just fingers crossed. Perfect. Yeah, if, we'll <laughs> see. We'll see if it works out. Uh, but now it is time. Everyone is eagerly anticipating, you know, the preview for this uh, huge game, mammoth game up here on the uh, the Such island. An important matchup up on the island of Long tonight, <laughs> the Islanders and Flyers, and it's not a great lineup. It, uh, it's not the thought, best. <laughs> if you, I guess I mean it's not much different, just in terms of. Overall, I don't even want to call it star power, but name recognition yeah. that was in the first game. Uh, but these are clearly the early ones, especially on the road. They're getting dudes in. Even for the Flyers, and, you know, we have to kind of get ourselves in the habit when we look at the, the rosters in preseason and say, man, that roster doesn't look that good. We have to remember that, like, the NHL roster for yeah, game one isn't, isn't going to yeah. look that good either, great. at least in terms of, like, super high-end talent. Yeah. So it's... 
you know, almost like they need to rebuild or something. Almost like that's why they're doing what they're doing. But even for the Flyers, like you, there's no Travis Konechny, there's no Owen Tippett, there's obviously no Sean Couturier, there's no Travis Sanheim, there's no Cam Agnes. Like there's n- a lot of the guys who are there's no Joel Farabee, the guys who are supposed to be at the top of the Flyers lineup when Game One begins. Most of them are not playing. We do have Noah Cates is making his preseason debut. Scott Lawton making his preseason debut. And then we do have what is looking like it's probably going to be the opening night fourth line in Nick DeLaurier, Ryan Paling, and Garnet Hathaway. Functionally, I think they'll probably be line two in this one. But we're going to get a look at that fourth line as a top six line in this game, a, which should show you kind of the lineup that you can expect tonight. A borderline fourth line. <laughs> In the NHL. I don't know if I would say borderline. I mean, Paling Paling was a useful fourth liner last year. Garnet Hathaway 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 is is a legitimately good fourth liner, and Delorier is one of the best fighters in the league. So and I was I was talking to uh to our guy Vince before the show, and he has Delorier in a very deep fantasy league. I hope it has penalty minutes. He says he is a stat sheet filler because of uh, hits Hits and penalty penalty minutes. minutes. Yeah. He's actually very valuable. So listen, I love Deloitte. Like, listen, we talked all sorts of we we were critical of the move to sign Delorier just I because. I still am, but well, if they're going to be bad, we like, might as well have like, some fun. No, listen, last <laughs> year they were trying to tell us that yes. they planned on competing. Exactly. And it's like, well, you just gave a fighter four years, so I don't know if if you're trying to compete, you're real bad at it. Yeah. Uh, but I, I got no problem with Delorier, and honestly, when there's a bunch of kids in the lineup, I like them out there even more. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's totally fair. So yeah. So not the best lineup in the world, but. There are a fair amount of players tonight, and and I don't know if this was reported. I do believe there is going to be another stream, so if you want to watch this game, at least this time there isn't an Eagles game going on at the same time, you will be able to. I'm not going to guarantee you that the stream will be great. I will be watching the stream, so if it's bad... I might not write an article on the game <laughs> because I might not be able to tell who is who, but I'm obviously not going up to the island. If I was, I wouldn't be doing this yeah. at 4 p.m. I don't have a, you know, a teleporter. Helicopter. Yeah, like a, a Star Trek style, whatever you heck you call that thing. Um, so I will not be there, but I'll be watching. Um, that said, there are going to be some players in the lineup who aren't just using this game as a, let me get tuned up for the regular season, that are actually trying to make an impression. And I would say that there's six that jump out at me as guys who who have something to prove, who have to do something in this game to to, to gain the, the the recognition, gain the attention of the coaches and the brass that will be up there to try to make this team. Uh, yeah, the first one, and I just want to ask this real quick about uh, before we get to your six, because um, you don't have Tuamala listed as one of these six, and he's up on the line with Lawton and Cates. You're not sh- wrong. Two surefire NHLers. Like, yeah. They're on the team. Yeah. Uh, probably in the top six, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, so is this kind of, okay, let's just see how he does with some experienced guys. Is it... Let's give him a reward because he's looked good in practice so far. So let's give him the opportunity to stand out because he's going to be with guys who are hopefully like in the offensive zone some. Like, how do you like, or is it just we need him to play somewhere? It's it's a good question. I do think number one, I don't think this is hinting that he has a shot at no, earning a I roster spot. So. I think they know he needs time in the AHL. I do think though it is something of a reward for what's been a pretty solid camp for Tuamala. And you know, Tuamala is a guy where since he's been drafted, he has 
taken the trajectory of what you would think would be a bust. Like he does not have the numbers. He's bounced around. He hasn't stuck with certain teams. Like you look at him and his statistical profile and you say, Ooh, it looks like they swung a missed on him. And it's been good to see him at this camp, at least impress enough that they want to give him opportunities like this, where they want to have him in both of the first two preseason games. They're putting him with Noah Cates and Scott Lawton. They've liked what they've seen. And honestly, I've liked what I've seen too. I think that, while I'm not sold on him completely, I am seeing more and more a guy who, while I don't think is ever going to have the high-end offensive ability that maybe they hoped he had when they took him with that second-round pick, that maybe he could be you know, a good, speedy third-liner who can chip in, bring energy, score some points. You know, He's not going to be a black hole of offense, but not a guy who you're counting on to be on your first power play and score 60 points. Like the... Um I want to compare it to Kasperi Kap- Kapanen. Yeah, I could like, see that. That's a best-case scenario, maybe. When he first maybe. broke out, it was like, yes, and that is, like, uh, the dude's a really good NHL. Well, he's, he's okay. Uh, but he's okay. <laughs> he's a useful piece he's on a good around. team. Yeah, he's, he's useful. Around. He's useful. He's a useful piece even on a good team. It, but it was, when he first broke out, it was, oh, man, what can this guy be? Fair. And it was, Fair. no, he is what he is, which is Yeah, he's, useful. A, he's a useful middle useful. six or third line yeah. type. Uh, the first guy of your six to watch Emil Andre uh, getting a getting a second game. We saw him. We saw those highs and lows. As, yeah. You know, he, as as the coach said, oh, he makes mistakes and he's not afraid to make them. But he also shows you some impressive stuff. Is this? To me, I look at him in his second straight. One, he's just a dude battling for wherever he's going to be. So yeah, let's give him all the opportunity in the world. But also, okay, we pointed out your mistakes. We also showed you what we liked about your game. Show us some improvement. Show us a modicum of improvement. I feel like that's a, that's the opportunity I think they're giving him right here. I would agree. And I think a big thing for this, because we talked to Dean LaPerriere this morning, or I guess early afternoon maybe is when we finally talked to him, but same difference. Yeah. He, when we asked him about Andre, about his play in the first game, Lappy was pretty adamant that he felt like most of Andre's mistakes on Monday were driven by the fact that the kid was gassed, that he was just tired. And a lot of those mistakes were driven by the fact that he just didn't have the energy to make the kind of plays he's capable of. And LaPerriere essentially said, look, he had a day off yesterday. Maybe we'll see a more energized, a more fresh Emil Andre. And if that's the case, we'll see how exciting that is to see him, you know, more at full strength after the full day off, you know, yeah, a full day off isn't a week off, but he's young. He's got energy. He's got more energy than me and you. So hopefully we'll see a better Emil Andre because it's not like Monday wasn't without flashes of brilliance. Yeah. It just also included some glaring defensive mistakes and bad turnovers. So if he can repeat those flashes of brilliance whereas, and take away from the big mistakes, suddenly he might make a real impression tonight. The, uh, the next dude on your list, Wade Allison, who to me... Like, maybe the one hurt most by, okay, if everyone's gassed. Because he is, if nothing else, a noticeable player. Oh, to be sure. Like, he is, he's a cannonball out there. It's why he's hurt all the time. Because he just runs around insane. Uh, And he just wasn't noticeable. And you would think in a preseason game, listen, yeah, there's some NHLers out there. And we ran through the thing yesterday. Like, okay, there's some... The Devils had some good players out there, but you would assume a dude with the NHL experience Wade Allison has would be someone who stands out. He didn't at all. 
this is an opportunity maybe for him to be like, no, it was really just because I was tired. I would agree with that. That's a really good point. And I was disappointed in what I saw from, from Allison on Monday, but primarily because I saw it as such an opportunity because he wasn't originally supposed to be in that lineup. He was a last-minute addition because it turned out that Cam Atkinson could not play. And I thought to myself, this is a guy who right now looks ticketed to be the 13th forward. He gets an opportunity he wasn't originally going to get. I want to see him kind of take this and run with it. And he either didn't or he couldn't physically. Now, this is kind of a mulligan. This was probably the original plan was to get him and Lazinski in for the second game. That's why neither of them were in the first game. He really needs to take this opportunity and run with it because if he starts with two underwhelming games, that just feeds into the narrative from the people making decisions that he doesn't deserve to be in the opening night lineup. And that's okay. It's not, he's just inconsistent. Like it's not, oh, it's, he's hurt all the time. So he hasn't been able to show you what he's capable of. Or, you know, maybe he fell into the doghouse with the coach or game one, he was gassed. Now it's just, now he's just inconsistent and, what do coaches hate more than anything? You can be consistently bad as long as you <laughs> Amazingly do, enough, if, yeah. If it, you make the same mistakes every night, they're like, all right, well, we know what to expect. Like, you can be this consistent. This is the Andrew McDonald effect. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we know exactly or what Brandon to expect. Brandon Manning, like any number of Chris Vandevelde, any number of those guys. Yeah. You can be consistently Van bad. Vandevelde's a good one. Yeah. But if you're inconsistent, oh, we don't know what to expect. We can't play you then. Yeah. It's like we know exactly where Chris Vandevelde's <laughs> like, going to be. Four steps behind the yeah. play. Like, what if ceiling, though, is two goals? Yeah, we're <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> We'd rather you be minus two every single night. Mm. Uh, so next, Wade Allison's uh, running mate, and they're actually not on a line together, at least to start, uh, according to tonight's lineup. Tanner Lazinski, who... Yeah. Okay. If, if we if we talk about how Allison has is a borderline a, guy. has a hill to climb, like Lazinski has a mountain because I just do not get the sense that John Tortorella is high on him at all, him. even a little bit. Like he really needs to change perception. So huge game for him too. It's just that like I I don't think they would send Wade Allison down to the minors to start the year. I think they very well would send Tanner Lazinski down to the minors unless he really changes the perception of him as a player in the organization right now. That's we've talked like for if I just if we're just going to what we guess the lineup is going to be opening night. Wade Allison is the 13th forward. He makes the team, but That's he's my not guess. suited up. That's my guess is that he's an Tanner extra Lizinski, to begin the year. <laughs> yeah. Like they'll they'll send him through waivers and I would be yeah. shocked if anybody picked him up. It would be surprising. Yeah. Like considering the number of guys who are being put through waivers who's like, "Oh, we need to even if we lose one of our guys, we have to get yeah. Tanner Lazinski." Like that would be surprising. It would I would like to see him to turn it around cuz he's shown flashes of being a potential decent bottom of the lineup guy, but he has not impressed the coach to this You, you got to show something. And I've, I've, too, you know? I've long been a Tanner Lazinski fan. I thought he was really good down in the minors, particularly in that first year. Uh, showed some real skill. I've always liked his skill set, but last year, you know, he was hurt. But even when he played, he just was pretty underwhelming. And he just didn't have, like, Allison, as you, as you said, he's noticeable. He's memorable. He does things. Tanner Lazinski has the ability to do things, but he didn't do much of them last year. And and I think that's probably what really sticks in Tortorella's mind, or you could say it doesn't stick in his mind. It's just that there's nothing to make me remember you. You, you got to do something to stand out, and he really didn't. And this is a big opportunity for him. You know, if he pops in two goals tonight, suddenly maybe he's back on the radar. But if he just, you know, skates around on the fourth line, puts in a decent 10 minutes, that's not doing anything for him. No. Uh, joining, or actually we're joining Andre on the blue line. 
Ronnie Haddard gets his first action. I'm excited about Ronnie. Outside chance to make the team. A guy who got a little, little taste of the NHL last year. Could very well be a call-up, something along the way. We expect him in the NHL maybe sooner than later. And this is his first action tonight. Yeah, to me, he unless he really bangs the door down in camp, he's more of like an injury call-up or a guy who, you know, if he has a real good first month, they find a spot for him. They sit Walker for four games and give him a go. But... I just really like Ronnie Adder. I really like his style of play. He's a fun player. He's he's, he's wild. He, he yeah, he he's huge. <laughs> he, he can skate stuff. pretty well. He has a booming shot. He attacks. He's very aggressive both with the puck and without it. Like he's one of those guys where he just thinks he can get the puck yeah. at all times and sometimes he gets burnt, but a lot of times he kills plays because he just goes after you. Like it's there's that whole cliche in hockey about time and space. Ronnie Adder's entire defensive mentality is I'm going to take away time and space whenever I can and dare you to get the puck past me and I just I'm, I'm partial to guys like that I love watching that style of play and I don't know if Adder's going to ultimately make it but man I hope he does because he'll be fun if he does that's I mean it's hockey is mostly about time and space I always wondered like teams started to do it and the Rangers were really good at it Vegas was really when, good at it those Giroux, first couple years when Giroux was on the half wall on the power play and teams would just leave him out there like what are you doing yeah. He's got the best vision yeah. in the league, and you're just giving him the time and space? Yeah. Like the Rangers in those 14 playoffs were the first team I ever saw get up on him, and they couldn't score. Big shock. <laughs> like, I, I really do. But Ronnie Adderd is a ton of fun to watch. Uh, just a little bit we've got to see out of him. Um, he's... Different than Andre, but it seems as if he's not afraid to make a mistake. Agreed. He's Agreed. like, yeah, you can burn me, but you're going to have to make a play to do. Yeah. Like, you are going to have to do something really nice. Okay, you did it. Congratulations. You, you executed. Yeah. But most of the time, it's a hard play to make. Yeah, and that's that's what happens when you're, what, like, six foot three, two thirty. 230? Like, oh. Andre, the thing with Andre is that Andre has a, a similar mentality, but he's small. Yeah. It's a little bit easier to get the puck around him, whereas, like, Ronnie Adderts chasing you down, you're gonna be like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> he's got that LeClaire ass, like, good luck getting around him. Yeah, right. Uh, and also, on the blue line, Adam Ginning getting his first taste of uh well preseason hockey after yeah the he was in games. the rookie games so he's he'll be out there tonight as well i for what we're lacking in terms of um firepower on offense three of the six defensemen who are suiting up tonight are dudes i'm very much looking forward to watching that's true and, and i know that the organization we've talked about it on the show they're very high on ginning um they really liked honestly and they they didn't run d pairs at practice today they kind of just cycled them around i'd really like to see ginning and adder be paired together because they were apparently and i didn't get a chance to watch as i was obviously covering the flyers last year apparently in the second half those two really clicked as a duo down in lehigh um, or up in lehigh i guess up in lehigh across, it's, it's north yeah, sure. across yeah. sure just trying to get the directions right here but i'd like to see them together in this game if they already have existing chemistry let's see it let's see if that gives both of them the opportunity to put their best skates forward and really make a case that you know we want to be here until the end of camp and we want to make this a tough decision for you guys uh just one more defenseman not on your list but i have to 
I completely forgot they signed Victor Mete. Yeah, yeah. I had they slipped that one in there. <laughs> I heard someone mention it the other day. It was like they're talking about somebody else. No, no, it's and that then, that Montreal guy. Yeah, and then <laughs> I saw him on the list. I was like, oh, he is here. I completely blanked on that. So that's funny. But the uh, the final of your six important guys to watch tonight is uh, Samuel Urson, who's going to be getting two periods. Urson. Uh, Urson. Urson. I, I'm never going to get it. <laughs> Because uh, it was it was Airson last year. It really wasn't. I think you just for the time he was Why a prospect. Make that you up? convinced yourself that that's what it was, and now you can't break the habit. What do I get out of making that up, Charlie? I don't know, Bill. That's a question you got to answer for yourself. <laughs> that's whenever I'm whenever I'm in an argument with Ava. That's my go-to. I'm like, what do I get out of making this up? She's like, because you're wrong. <laughs> so you're just saying something. Amazing. Like, yeah, all right, you win. It's like, all right, you got me there. You've you got it. me there. You've bested me again, wife. <laughs> uh, so Samuel Urson will be getting two periods tonight. Uh, Felix Sandstrom is backing him up. He played in the third period against the Devils, so he'll get one period tonight. And uh looks like an open competition here. It sure does. Just the fact that over the course of the first two preseason games, Everyone's gonna get everybody's two getting two periods, even if Sandstrom has to have those two periods stretched across two games. It sends a message that like, hey, we're going to be judging you guys on how you look in each of these, like each of your two period stints. And then we're going to go from there for the second half of camp. I would like to think, and I guess we'll see how Sandstrom does in his second of his two periods, but I'd like to think after that game one that Felix Sandstrom is ahead of Cal Peterson, and now today it's going to be whether Sam Erson can put himself ahead of Felix Sandstrom, who is ahead of Cal Peterson. I know we're like we're behind here, but I just have to ask one more question. Sandstrom should be ahead of Cal Peterson. The coach was seemed to be so down on Felix Sandstrom last year. Do you think it's a possibility he's still not? It's possible, but I guess my thing is that with how underwhelming, I guess I'll say, and that's honestly being generous, how he how Cal Peterson looked in, in that Monday game, I don't know how Sandstrom couldn't be above him. If if you're not just saying, don't worry about it, it was a throwaway game because everybody was gassed, but like Peterson did not look steady in any way, shape, or form. Not a little and bit. It's not like Sandstrom was incredible, but he at least looked like an NHL caliber goalie, whereas Cal Peterson did not. If you want to look like an NHL caliber fan, Hey-o. you got to check out our friends at FOCO uh, because FOCO has the absolute best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. Listen, it's football and tailgating season. Red October is officially coming back. We can say it now. They've clinched. Going to be a party down in South Philly for the next uh, for the next month at least. I mean, there's going to be a ton going on I've, down there. I've heard rumors that, that we might be down there possibly I've one day next week. Something. Some rumblings. I've heard something about you might want to keep uh, might want to keep your ears open for maybe a tailgate of some kind. Potentially, if, if it happens, you're going to need some outdoor gear to get ready for the season. Whether it's overalls, hoodies, hats, sunglasses, bags, or anything else you need for a game, you can get it at Foco. And goes beyond that. Whether you're looking for team of power or you know accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, everything you could ever want for oh, building a podcast studio like this one, you can do it at Foco. And Foco always has our back for Philly sports and they have yours to get the best gear around by using the link in the description of this show and for all non-presale items use the promo code PHLY that's promo code PHLY for 10% off 
you can't go wrong with FOCO. Um, that was a better one. It wasn't bad. Yeah, it was solid. It wasn't bad. We got to get to some things that are bad now, I guess. Oh, not always. Bad-ish. Yeah, bad-ish. Uh, we got some injury updates today. The first one, Travis Konechny. He's back on the ice, not playing in tonight's game. Not a ton of need to play Travis Konechny. No. In a, I'm, I'm sure he'll be in the lineup Saturday for the home open. That would make sense. The uh, first home preseason game, but... We're not going to see a ton of him, but he's back out on the ice. It was it was reassuring to see it's him back out there. It's a body injury. That's what they yeah, said. Yeah. Well, so when <laughs> we when we when we asked Torts, it's not made up. It's nope. not all in he, his head. He's not wrong. Yeah. No. When we asked Torts about TK body back injury. when he missed the uh, the practice he did, he was not willing to give anything. He said a body injury. So then when we asked TK because Konechny did practice today, he was in the non-game group. We got access to the locker room for the first time. Went up to TK's stall, asked him, you know you willing to specify as to what the injury was? And he was just like, nope, it was a body injury. A body, body injury. Body injury. So, but the good news is, is that he looked completely fine at practice. The Flyers had assured us it was not serious. Now that he's back out there and Travis Konechny is also do, doing the assuring that it is not serious, makes it much easier to believe that that is indeed the case. Konechny basically told us, we asked him, he said that he is completely cleared, good to go for any of the preseason games this week if he's in the lineup. I think it makes sense that he would play on Saturday in front of the home crowd. That would be logical, but we'll see how it plays out. Cam York uh, showed up missing to, at today's practice. He it did. It was just like, oh, no Cam York out there. And uh, nothing major, they're telling us. The, the two Cams were both absent. Uh, Cam squared. Uh, Cam times two. I don't know what would be the, the better way to put that. But Cam Atkinson, again, was not out there for practice. Cam York, also not out there for practice. The thing with Cam York, and, and Atkinson doesn't surprise me too much. They did say it wasn't anything major. But, again, this is a guy coming off of neck surgery this is a guy who missed all of last year the idea of them being cautious with him i get cam york on the other hand just it, it raised my eyebrows a little bit because he did he played on monday but then they had a full off day on tuesday and usually if a guy misses practice after an off day there might be something there we did ask ian Laperriere after the practices today after the morning skate he basically said nothing major on cam york on cam atkinson the quote was well, he was in the gym today. That's the place I saw him. He walked fine, had a big smile on his face. That's all I can go on. Personally, I don't think it's anything major. So if you believe Ian LaPerriere, it shouldn't be that big of a deal. I poked around on some sources trying to get some information on these two guys. What I've heard is that the confirmation that I got was that it's nothing serious, mostly precautionary. Don't think either of them are going to play on Friday. I guess it's possible, so that would be in Boston. But they're not ruling out the possibility of one or both playing on Saturday. I think this matters more for Atkinson. That's because York, really York already got do. into the game. Atkinson, you really want him playing yeah. sooner rather than later, right? That's, we saw the rust of Sean Couturier in that first. And it's, you know what, knocked it off, initiated some contact. He, you know, that was good for him. He felt happy about, okay, at least I know what it's going to take. And now I have to work to get that rust off now, the, the finer points of the game. Does Cam Atkinson even get that opportunity before the puck drops in the regular season? Yeah, the longer this goes, the, the more you worry. Again, I've been told that it's nothing major. He could play on Saturday. But let's take that at face value. Let's he was going to play in the opener last year. Yeah, like let's say that, yes, nothing major. Atkinson will be fine. They're just being precautionary. 
if he indeed misses Friday's game, he obviously is not playing tonight. He did not play on Monday. There's only six preseason games. Suddenly, the soonest he's getting in is the fourth game. You're maybe going to get him to three, probably two. He missed all of last year. I worry that that's not enough time for him to knock the rust off. And the entire first two weeks of the season are going to be spent with Cam Atkinson watching everybody whiz by because he's just not, he's in game shape. He's healthy, but he's not quite up to speed in terms of, you know, making plays with the puck in terms of being used to the pace of the game because he missed the full season. That's worrying to me. Like I, I want to see Katuri in, in many more games the rest of the preseason. Season. I also want to see Atkinson in a lot more games and suddenly three I mean we'll see on Friday but it looks like the first three are going to pass by without Cam Atkinson being in a game it's concerning we talked a little the other day about just what Cam Atkinson could potentially be now because we spent a lot of time in the first couple weeks of the show kind of talking about best case scenarios and it was okay like this is just how we're gonna frame it because nothing's gone wrong yet sure i wouldn't say something is uh, like the walls aren't caving in because cam atkinson can't play in the first couple of preseason games yeah we're not overreacting here but there is something too like one of the highest paid guys on the team right now missed a whole year we're hoping we're able to move him get out from under this deal get some assets for him we want to see his career continue because he just seems like a pretty damn good guy. We talked the other day about the possibility of, you know, Wade Allison comes into that first preseason game uh, just kind of on a whim, like, oh, yeah, Cam can't play. Get in there, Wade. And I joked, like, that might be Wade Allison's job this year. Yeah, uh, yeah Cam can't go tonight. He's going to happen half the time. Like, he played Tuesday, ain't going on Thursday. Is that looking like more of a possibility, maybe? I don't want to say it's looking like more of a possibility because I don't want to be overreacting to and we don't what know. really yeah. is just a few days of missing camp and whatnot. So I don't want to say it's more of a possibility, but I do want to say that him missing a couple days does have that possibility, which always was a possibility. It just has it more like front and center of my mind that oh yeah this could be a reality we're talking about a 34 year old who missed all of last season who had a neck surgery where you know and you mentioned this before the show when we were talking like Jack Eichel got the surgery in his mid-20s and he didn't start looking like Jack Eichel again until the playoffs no, so, we just saw it happen to Farabee like yeah. an ascending player in his early 20s took basically a whole season and like disc, disc replacement versus whatever procedure can Atkinson that I think got they were done. relatively similar. I, I, I don't know. Like, I'm not a freaking doctor. I'm barely this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like, so I don't know. But, like, it can't be a good sign. Exactly. It, exactly. Like, this doesn't fill me with positivity about what Cam Atkinson yeah. is going to be. And I'm not ruling out the possibility that Cam Atkinson, you know, shows up on Saturday, knocks the rust off, and then scores 25, 30 goals this year. It could happen. On the table. I'm just saying that given the injury, given the fact that he's already a little banged up, given the fact that he's 34 years old, it strikes me as legitimately very possible that Cam Atkinson could be not limited, not quite a shell of himself, but definitely significantly less effective than he was the last time we saw him. him. Yeah. I think the most important question about both cams who are injured right now, you 
uh, infamously coined the Travi, the Travi. For, for Konechny and Sanheim. Proud Do of that one. Do you have anything for, for York and Atkinson? Ooh, I don't know. I mean, it's just, it doesn't lend <laughs> just, itself, it doesn't it's lend itself to something funny. Yeah, it's not like, yeah, like cacti, like there's not, yeah. you know, the I eye. mean, I just, I pulled it from the Winklevi from yes, Social Network and then just rolled with it. Yes. I just wanted to bring that up. Uh, <laughs> last note. Cam, uh, I think it's, I think honestly, it's probably like either Cam Squared or Cam Times 2. Cam Squared, I think, works better. I'm picturing. Sounds better. I'm picturing in my head, like, a mirror, and it's C A M M A big C again. <laughs> like that's how, like that's Stylized. how, like, yeah, okay, that's respect. how I'm picturing it. But you know, <laughs> you're the writer here. Um, last note from uh, from practice today: Hell J Grands was in the AHL group. He's not in the running to make this team. Yeah, I, I, and and the thing is, I actually think he's been pretty decent when I've seen him. I you know, obviously everybody was pretty bad uh, on Monday, but in the rookie games he was fine. I think he's been pretty good in practices. I've liked what I've seen in general, but. I think he was always the kind of guy where he was a real, real long shot and he would have had to be head and shoulders shockingly better than everybody to have a chance. I think today was just a, a reminder that he hasn't been. He's going to need some AHL time because it was funny. Today, they, the way they split up today's practices, it was the game group, which was basically just a morning skate. Then there was the first non-game group, which was all the NHLers. And then there was the second non-game group, which was about 13 guys that are all ticketed for Phantoms training camp in a week or in, I think, four or five days. I think it starts on October 1st. And Grons was part of that. So it just it just sends a message that, like, yeah, get ready for Lehigh camp because that's where you're going, bud. Charlie, right now the time is about 10.05, which means in a little more than two hours, the time is going to be game time. 10.05? A little more than two hours. Oh, oh, seven, seven. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Ten of five. Ten. Oh, I think you said ten o five. I'm like, uh, yeah. did we like change time zones here? Yeah. Ten of five. I'm you are correct. I'm preparing for my trip to change time zones. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, this is all a setup for the game time read uh, because <laughs> buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll you'll have and game time is the place for last minute ticket deals you know forget planning months in advance game time has deals on has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event and you can get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football basketball baseball concerts comedy theater and more i was screwing around with the uh, game time app today checking out some of the flash deals it's like eh just take a look at wild take a, card take game. A look at playoff tickets. Home game one, wild card one for that Philadelphia ball club of ours, and uh, unlock the flash deals. I found Hall of Fame club tickets for the first home game in the three hundred dollar range. Uh, if anyone remembers last playoffs and the uh, ticket prices. Yeah, get that game time app because they'll have your back at least. It's it's only going to go up from here, uh, but you don't have to plan in advance. That's the beauty of game time. We didn't find out till last night True. for sure that we were going to have you know home uh, home field advantage for the wild card, but they have it now, and you can get tickets on game time. So check it out. Uh, the game time guarantee 
means you'll get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. That's going to be huge. Like I said, these Phillies tickets, the price is going to keep going up. You know you won't get ripped off with Game Time. So snag the tickets with the without the stress with Game Time. Download the app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHLY for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. I cannot wait to go to some more. I really like <laughs> thinking about what the schedule of this show is going to be. Yeah. Like, so how do we feel about early? Yeah, it could be could be down for that because these games aren't the wild card games usually like afternoon games. They can be afternoon. I think because there's a chance they could be playing the Diamondbacks. Maybe they'll want to start a little later, later to get the West Coast audience. That's a good point. Like last year, it was in St. Louis, so it was like it's day baseball in the Midwest. And but if it's all the way a Pacific Coast yeah. team, but we'll see. That's good. and also the Phillies. The like granted, the Phillies have always been a major market team, but now they're a major market team that won the National League last year. They might want to get them in prime time. So we're finally going to do it, Charlie, with with eight minutes left in today's show <laughs> before I go away for two days. Okay. We're gonna finish the Metro preview. We're we'll gonna see if we can. We are gonna knock out the first of the four divisions. Oh my god! Because that's just the way things are gonna go. So the last we spoke, we talked about the top three teams in the division from last year. We talked about the Canes. We talked about the Devils. We talked about the Rangers, and we got a little bit into Pittsburgh. Uh, so let's finish off the Metro preview and start it out with the New York Islanders. Ninety-three points last year in the regular season. They have an over under at DraftKings at 92 and a half. Um, the thing that stuck out to me the most when I was doing some research on the Islanders, if you asked me how many full seasons Barzell has in the league, would you believe it when I said he this will be his seventh? So the He's been around forever. Yeah. So the only reason why I would believe that is because you're smart. Well, <laughs> thanks, Bill. No, it's because <laughs> I I, I associate Matt Barzell with Ivan Provorov because uh, it was the yes. same draft and like those were the two guys with the seventh overall pick that I was highest on. And I remember it being like I'd be happy with either of them, but you put a gun to my head, I'd rather have Barzell. I just I think he's more dynamic and the way things played out. Like man, I wish they had. And Barzell, um, but yeah, I believe it just because like I remember how long Provorov's been around because it was the same draft. That said, like yeah, he's he's had a career, and it's funny just that like he's still the guy in the Isles there or on the island where like he's their one dynamic guy, and then they have a bunch of Lou dudes. <laughs> a bunch of lewd dudes is hilarious. Uh, and that's, I guess, the most surprising thing about the Islanders, why they keep, like, they have maybe the best goalie in the league. They have a very deep team. They have that great fourth line. Eventually time will catch up to them, but hasn't yet. Uh, their most dynamic player, their one standout star, career high is 22 goals. Yeah, he, he's always now more listen, of a playmaker. He's a setup guy. But you'd expect more from his best season, Just I agree. The way he tortures the Flyers. And yeah, when oh, you, God. When if you, he played the Flyers every night, he'd have 80. He, yeah, the, just <laughs> the way he tortures the Flyers and just watching him in a vacuum, a dude who can handle the puck like that. Yeah. Uh, Giroux was never a huge goal scorer. I think he scored like 28, like four years in a row or something. I would expect his career high to at least be approaching 30 and not low 20s. And that was a surprise to me. It's a fair point. But like, 
is this team actually good? So it's funny. So I did a Metro preview with our uh, our friends from uh, PHNX, uh, Craig Morgan and that crew yesterday. And on that preview, I had the Islanders finishing fourth in the division and making the playoffs. I am kind of going to go back on that. And here's why. I had a really good conversation with some of the other beat writers today at practice when we're just standing in the locker room waiting for one of the sessions to end so we can interview guys. And I think it actually might have been Jim Jackson made this point where it was basically that when guys or it was either Jim Jackson or Jason Martinez with um, with the Flyers uh, radio basically said that. Sorokin, their goalie, had such a good year last year. And not to say he's not a great goalie, because he is. And you can expect that he will remain a great goalie. But when a guy has this amazing Vesna-type quality year, they usually regress at least a bit. We saw it with Shesterkin yeah. just last year. Yeah, Shesterkin went from being, oh my God, he could be the best he's goalie toxic. ever, yeah. to like, oh no, he's just an all-star. Yeah. And I think with with the Islanders and Sorokin, if he regresses back to just being a really good goalie and not like one of the absolute best goalies of that year, I don't know if this is a playoff team. Like Sorokin should have won the Vezina last year. I mean, his underlying numbers, at least public, like the public sphere, yeah. were the best in the league. Like Olmark, yeah. Th- nice season that team was fucking awesome yeah they were stacked and they just didn't get scored on like Sorokin was that team last year oh yeah 100% he was the reason they went to the playoffs and like I know that they they have Horvat now like they've 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 done some things and it certainly helps too especially in the regular season that they have a legitimately good backup in Varlamov where like when Sorokin doesn't play it's not like they're gonna lose no that's when Shesterkin doesn't play this year they're gonna throw out Jonathan Quick to get lit up (laughs) how old is he? (laughs) 104 like when like the Islanders have a legit almost number one goalie He could be a a number one on teams. Varlamov could start for half the teams in the league. Maybe not that much, but like he could start for quite a few. Twelve, yeah, quite a few to be sure. So I think that'll help them. But I do. I'm just not terribly excited by their roster, to be honest with you. You know, we talk about, we joke about the idea of having the best fourth line in the league. Like, is it anymore? They're all like in their mid thirties at this point. That's. I thought I wrote it down. Sezikis will turn 33 this season. Uh, Clutterbuck will turn 36 in the second month of the season, and Matt Martin is 34. Yeah, like, I don't know if they're the best word line in hockey anymore, to be honest. It's just like when your thing is skating around like maniacs and running everyone over, yeah. at what point can't you do that anymore? That's a really good point. Like just, you lose a little bit of speed and your body hurts a little bit more because all you've been doing is running people over for 10 years. Yeah. You're eventually going to wear out. I do love, like, I mean, it's horrible when you play against them because they just beat the shit out of all your best players. Yeah. Uh, but... They're effective. Yeah, they, they've been effective for, for years. Who knows how long? Like, when the calling card of your team is best fourth line, <laughs> it doesn't say a ton about your top three lines. It's an f- extremely fair point. Uh, so we'll see what happens with them. Pittsburgh, the big disappointment last year. And we've talked about them some already. Yeah, that was funny. But this is I enjoyed that immensely. Yeah, I, truly, truly. <laughs> the disappointing part is we've looked to this time forever as Flyers fans. Like eventually, this they'll be in the division with Pittsburgh and. Washington and those teams won't be running things and they're not anymore but for somehow they've been lapped by like teams that shouldn't even exist in Carolina and New Jersey <laughs> yeah right regardless just quick on Pittsburgh the thing that stood out to me most on them 
draft they had 91 points last year. DraftKings has their over under at 97 and a half. Yeah, the, I, I, I would assume they're really excited about the Carlson acquisition, I which I get. I mean, he's an exciting guy, and it's going to be. Just purely from a hockey fan perspective, it's going to be fascinating how they feed all those mouths, especially on the power play, because it seems like their plan, at the moment at least, is to have both Carlson and Latang on the top unit with, I would presume, Crosby and Malkin. Like, that's an insane amount of firepower, but also, like, there's only one puck. How are we going to make this work? I did hear today, I can't remember what I was listening to, but there's speculation that Latang's like, Top unit's yours, buddy. I could deal with less ice time. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, I've had two strokes. I'm good. That's a good point. Like, and, and not to make light of that. No, like, no. It's just like, no, I don't need to be the number one defenseman on this team. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. You know? And if you have Eric Carlson, it's pretty tough to have a better power play point man than him. Yeah. He just had 100 points. We'll see about this team. I... I feel like they are very much, they could, I won't say win this division, but be in the top three or completely miss. Oh, oh yeah, they have they have a pretty wide range of outcomes, to be sure. I just think there's too much firepower there offensively, and to me it's like, okay, if, if I'm pushing the Islanders out of the playoffs, then I'm probably saying, all right, I guess Pittsburgh gets back in. And to be clear, I think that, you know, while... I don't think that the decision to trade for Carlson was the wrong decision. I do think that this Penguins team is now settling in to being more of, we want to stay relevant through the end of Sidney Crosby's career rather than being like, no, we are going to be a cup contender through the end of Crosby's career. I think they, if you hooked up Fenway Sports Group to a lie detector, they would acknowledge that this team probably ain't winning a cup, but we just want Sidney Crosby's career to end with him in the playoffs every year. And maybe one year, Crosby for a month and a half goes back into 23-year-old Crosby mode and they get to the conference final and it's a big thing. Finally, speaking of teams that are just looking to hang on through the end of a legendary player's career, Washington, hey 80 points last year, only five points ahead of the Flyers, who uh, absolutely sucked <laughs> over under this year. DraftKings, 85 and a half. Uh, most notable addition, uh, Max Pacioretty's coming over, coming off the uh, torn Achilles. And I won't say the entire point of their franchise right now is the OV chase of the goal record, but the entire point of their franchise right now is the OV chase of the goal record. He played 73 games, uh, second fewest he's played in a full season of his career, but he still ended up uh, breaking... What did he break? Fifty last year, I think he got. To did it. he get to fifty? He got. If he didn't, he came close. He hit. He, I know he got to forty because he. It was the thirteenth forty goal season of his career, yeah. which set a record. Uh, but beyond Ovi missing some time, T.J. Oshie only played fifty eight games. John Carlson only played forty. Backstrom thirty nine. Tom Wilson played thirty three. Evgeny Kuznetsov only tried like four times. Hated the coach. Uh, like, were you Were you following the uh, the Kuznetsov thing? Yeah. Look at the The fact that he did the he did this interview interview in Russia either he didn't think it was going to be translated or, or he just didn't give he a shit does not care but like he basically ripped Laviolette a new one but the funnier funnier part was that uh, that Alexander Alexiev guy the defenseman he basically like in the interview like laughed at him for signing a contract <laughs> to stay because he's like this kid thinks he's going to be a top six defenseman like did he look at the roster yeah. there's no space and it's like look you might be right but like to say that in an interview about a teammate is wild it really is. And listen, we uh, were you at the Brizgalov? He did like a sit down 
sort of thing. At, 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 yeah, at, at Bourbon and Branch in Philly. I remember um, it. I did not go. Didn't you and Kelly went, right? Me, Kelly, yeah. and yeah, it was it was RG Tree. It was Ryan Gilbert mm. and RG Tree. I love it. Yeah. So for um, inside joke here, Ryan he's Gilbert seven is like and a half he, feet tall. Yeah, he's like actually six foot eleven. So he's apparently his nickname is RG, RG Tree. Tree. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, it, it was just very funny. Like. LaViolette is a staunch believer in what he does. Like, Kuznetsov in that interview is going on like, yeah, he's got me playing dump and chase and playing net front on power play. Like, yeah, I didn't have a great season because yeah. why would I? It's yeah. not what I do. And uh, I've heard a lot of the same things about LaViolette. Like he's sitting, Briz is telling him, you know, I like to see the puck. I, I want to see it and stop it. And he goes, well, we block shots here. Like, all right, well, I'm I'm gonna suck, <laughs> and he did. <laughs> he did. So what do you it's know? Just like that. So maybe Washington can have a better year if they play a style more conducive to what they do. But really, Ovechkin's at 822 career goals. Gretzky's record is 894. He needs 73 to break the record. So two more years. This, this, is, this is year one. Like at his pay, current pace, it's like halfway through next year. Yeah, yeah. I, I to me, like. What, and he signed for this year and two more, and it'll take him yeah. to age 40. He's breaking the record. Oh, yeah. he's Unless he gets hurt, he's breaking the record. To me, Washington showed their cards of what they're really all about when they re-signed Tom Wilson. Because, like, and, and look, we've been critical of Tom Wilson on this show. He's undeniably an effective player. I would kill for Tom Wilson, And he's Wilson, undeniably Charlie. an effective player right now when he plays. However, you sign him to the contract they signed him to, the length of the contract they signed him to, I believe it was six years? Six seven years? Seven, yeah. seven years. It was seven years. Like, that contract is going to age terribly it's hard for me to envision a scenario where in four or five years that is not a dramatic albatross keeping potentially the post ovechkin capitals from being anything close to relevant but clearly the way they're looking at it is you know what having tom wilson on this team for the next two three years makes it more likely alex ovechkin is going to break the goal record so we're signing him and why Ovi, not Ovi loves him yeah Ovi loves him like then yeah. that's but we you know we talked about this with oshi years ago and i was all for i was like yeah but they're gonna try to win a cup in that time sure so if the end of the contract sucks it sucks and it's not good now no <laughs> he only played 58 but you signed tom wilson to this deal after a year in which he played 33 games yeah you're going to get what you get with that. Exactly. And, and I, I have to think they know that. They have to know that, but they have to be looking at it as, because that's the kind of contract you sign when you're like, we're gunning for a cup, so, you know, damn the future, it's all about the present. But, like, the Washington Capitals' present isn't good, aside from the fact that they're trying to get Ovechkin the goal record. And you know what? They got their one. Yeah, you, exactly. You would expect a legendary player like him to maybe have a little bit more of a postseason resume, but... The greatest goal scorer of all time is a pretty damn great thing to have in yeah. an organization. And they got their cup, and Ovi yeah. spent the whole summer celebrating it, so he's happy. <laughs> still celebrating. Still celebrating it. All right, I had to take the show into a little bit of overtime today, Charlie, because I'm selfish. Uh, sorry we're keeping you here, Bree. Uh, <laughs> but I'm not going to be on for the rest of the week, so we had to just finish up. And we did it. Uh, Thank we talked, God. We don't have Finally to talk got the Columbus. Done. We don't have to talk <laughs> we did Columbus. We talk Columbus, though. Because we, we did. Mike Babcock, that was like half of the yeah. first week of the we, show. We talked about Columbus. Yeah, we talked plenty about Columbus. Yeah. So that is the Metropolitan Preview, and that, Charlie, is all the time we have for you on PHLY Flyers today. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, you got to hit that subscribe button, whether it's podcast app or on YouTube. You follow us, damn it. Do it. <laughs> we need you.
We need you badly. Do it. And you're going to be rewarded with content. It's free. But if you want to go above and beyond, you go to all PHLY, become a diehard member, so you never miss anything, whether it's paywall content, uh, discounts on events, shirt, uh, merchandise, all sorts of stuff. You can get it at allphly.com. That'll do it for me. My name is Bill Matz for Charlie O'Connor. Have a great week, Philly. Your city like the mayor.